Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short term plans at uh1.com. Welcome back to Side Note. Today, we're talking about Disneyland. We'll be talking about our recent trip to the magical kingdom, looking at some studies that show how employees deal with their emotional distress and how Disney World in particular manages to have no mosquitoes. Controversial subjects with the facts can be tense, but we are a sub-science here to make things make sense. Hey, it's Hello. Mitch. And Greg. Hey, welcome back to Side Note. How you doing? Um, how you doing? Good. We had like a little bit of a fun slash disturbing evening last night, didn't we? <laughs> In what way? What do you mean? Are you going to tell our truth? Yeah, we were like, maybe we'll make a podcast about this one day, but we were watching a TV show called Love is Blind, and we spent a lot of time watching it. So what makes you say that that's disturbing? <laughs> because we spent like six hours straight watching it. I've actually <laughs> never done what we did, which was sit back. Oh, I just, oh, just ate the mic. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, you just ate the mic. It literally just was trying to switch. It okay. shoved into my teeth. How did you notice I ate the mic? That was, what does that mean? Are you a rapper? Is that what rappers <laughs> no, say? because I literally hit my tooth. But still, I would have. That been, oh, is like, a phrase, and I think it's when people are too close to the mic. That okay, because I would have said I hit my tooth with the mic, but you're like, oh, I just ate the mic. Is <laughs> it hurt? And I was like, I guess I'm trying to eat it. You've been a musician in the past. Let's just leave it at that. True, I'm actually really experienced in this field. I've never watched a show like sat back, let Netflix play, ate junk food, and just watched a reality TV show like that. It gave me a very strong mix of emotions, a lot of anxiety, but also a lot of just like pure like indulgence. Yeah, I think we had fun. We were we have some friends visiting and we put it on just kind of like what is this? We've heard a bit about it. Let's see what it is. I will I'm not as, you know, what do I say? What's the word? I'm not as pure as you. I have done this before, but it actually was the first time that Netflix gave me the message, are you still watching? Which I know sounds like pretentious. I watch, I'll watch TV straight. The problem is I usually go get snacks, so I stop it or pause it so it knows I'm there. You're always snacking too much. Yeah, and I have a lot of bathroom bakes, so it's I've never been able to sit straight for f- like five It's hours. the first time it ever showed up for me, so I don't know what that means. I think that just means and we're because we were snacks. just we were chatting, we were eating snacks, we were having fun, Like I, and I would go to the bathroom in the middle it's kind of a show you don't have to see every moment of truly i would hope you <laughs> haven't seen every moment of it it is garbage but it is so it is entertaining not. don't say that it was fun okay but i mean it's like it's to like, greg we were all like judging greg because we're like greg you're judging this sorry we were all having so much fun watching this show we knew in the corner of our eyes greg was like we're all trash for watching this but every time you guys would be like is, is it done i'd be like no one more so it was it worked on me and i really do think that it was addictive but we are not here to talk about love is blind we are here to talk about disneyland that's true. another thing that we have 
partaken in recently because we are currently in Los Angeles. Yeah, so we're staying in Los Angeles, but we, as I said, we have friends visiting, and so it was a dream to go to Disneyland together, uh, and that's what we did. We, do you want to talk about that now, or do you want to wait till? Let's later? get into what did we learn this week? Okay. Oh, what did we learn this week? This week, an interesting study came out on how food and your diet impacts your brain and your appetite, and in particular, they were looking at a Western diet. Can you make any predictions? What happens when you eat I'm a Western think, diet? I'm thinking fried food. I'm thinking potatoes. I'm thinking meat heavy. Okay. And, and so I'm what do you suppose that does to a person? The brain? Um, yeah. I think it's going to shut it down. <laughs> I think it's going to make you more lethargic. And when it comes to appetite, I think it's going to make you full, but for short periods of time. Okay. Pretty good, pretty good predictions. So basically, this study found that consuming a Western diet for a minimum of one week can impair brain function in humans. It's already been proven to do this in animals. So this was the first time they were like, we're actually going to test this in humans now and have control groups and give one group like uh, their regular diet and then one that is focused on high fat and high added sugar. So Western diet might have been like a loose description of this. Obviously, not everyone has this diet who lives in the West, but that was the key indicators. And they found that the hypothalamus basically shuts down, which they know controls learning and memory as well as your appetite. So the scores on learning and memory were lower after only a week of consuming a Western diet, and then uh, it impacted diet control. So it caused people to be more likely to overeat and have difficulty regulating their appetite. So this has a lot to do with Disneyland. Um, I know. I actually was like, at first I didn't think about it, but then I was like, there's a lot of yummy high fat, high sugar foods at Disneyland. That's (laughs) all we ate while we were there. And it actually was like, it was tough to find anything that didn't fall under that exact explanation of a Western diet. And you want to indulge. Like we, we started and we were thinking, okay, we've heard these, these amazing corn dogs here. We want to try (laughs) thinking about that. Cause we went on, we went on space mountain right after and I was like, I'm going to throw up. Yeah. But you see it all around you. It's hard not and, and there's actually not a lot of options at least where we were where we could just like get a healthy salad. we couldn't find a salad we couldn't find vegetables i think certain restaurants if you're prepared to sit down and eat we probably could have got something but we were on the move we were you know got our fast pass like triggering and like, figuring out where we're gonna like optimize our time so we were like hey we're just gonna get our quick little snacks and get on the ride did they have any examples of what exactly a western diet was or no it just said high fat and high sugar i looked added. through the study and some of the things I believe I saw like pancakes and milkshakes. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Which a lot of people eat. I saw some other stats popping up in the review of this study that said like, I actually, maybe I don't quote me on this, but it was like 33% of Americans eat fast food every day or something like that. Like, and whatever fast food, I'm not exactly sure how that was qualified. But because people were like, oh, but, you know, people aren't eating pancakes and milkshakes every day. But it was like a lot of people in America in particular are eating those kinds well, of Well, we are in America breakfast. right now. And I know we're in Los Angeles, La La Land, the land of juice. <laughs> but <laughs> The I, land of green juice. Green juice. But I do, or beet, or red, or purple juice. True. But I do find that. I still am a lot more tempted here. There are a lot more fast food joints, it feels like, everywhere. It and does. I want to try them all. Exactly. <laughs> I do feel like we are in one of what would be deemed the healthiest cities in America. And it's still really hard for us to not eat the Western diet that you described. And even plenty, like we may go to a restaurant tonight with our friends and I'm sure it will be indulgent in high fat and high sugar and, and salt and everything else. Because you well. lean into it when you're here in, in huge, huge, huge portions. That's one thing that was at Disneyland was the portions are 
massive. Just a side note. Oh, I haven't used that in a long time on this podcast. But I also was reading about how there have been studies done because some people think, yeah, but you can eat unhealthy at home. But almost always when people are cooking at home, their foods are always healthier because you're more likely to be using uh, extra virgin uh, olive oil or like healthy fats and healthy foods. Whereas chains and restaurants use the cheapest sort of like base for oils and things like that which like tastes really good but are not good for you so even if you're cooking the same thing you would be eating out you're more likely to make a healthier version at home of it yeah that does make sense to me whenever i'm out eating out too i'm always like this better tastes good so i'm like i don't care how you got there but my mouth better be firing am i talking like an american <laughs> you have been doing that like all week been here for two weeks talking like this already but I, don't no, e- I don't know what's no happening one here talks like that <laughs> Okay, what did you learn this week? Okay, so mine is about America, too, and something that I've been thinking about a lot. Uh, It's a bit of a left turn. Uh, Something you actually taught me, which was that in 2018, Amazon paid $0 in U.S. federal income tax Mm. on more than $11 billion in profits before taxes. You told me this, and I was like, I can't understand why Amazon would not have paid federal income tax. Like, they're a huge corporation. I didn't believe you. I looked it up. It's literally true. And so, like, for decades, like, profitable companies have been able to avoid corporate taxes in America. But the list about of, of companies that are paying zero has doubled since this President Trump's 2017 tax bill, which expanded corporate tax breaks and reduced the tax rate on corporate income. So these companies paid no tax in 2018. Amazon, Delta Airlines, Chevron, General Motors. That's crazy, eh? And they say it's because it'll create jobs, but like they've done studies and found that that's it's currently a lot less than expected. And I just think like, as a Canadian living in America, I walk around and I whisper to myself like twenty times a day, like this place needs socialism. Like, it you it's a lot different than living in Canada. Just like the roads are like falling apart a little bit more. Like the infrastructure is obviously a lot different. Like there's a lot of homeless people, and I'm just like, you need to tax Amazon. Like this is insane. <laughs> that would help. <laughs> That would help to have some money to fix the things that are problems for sure. And I just think like learning that stat. It's also surprising. Like it was the biggest controversy in Canada when it was like found that Netflix was avoiding paying tax. Like when people started. also didn't pay tax in 2018. But but even as Canadians, it's realizing it's an American company. Even if it did pay tax in America, it wouldn't pay tax in Canada. But it's making money off Canadians. That was a big controversy. And then Netflix announced we're going to dedicate this X amount of billions of dollars to Canadian content. Because we know you're upset that we're not helping to fund your country at all. So at least the least we can do is fund the arts in your country with Canadian content and hiring Canadian actors and production companies and things like that. But yeah, it's crazy to think that people would just be like, yeah, Amazon doesn't need to pay tax. Think about how much money can be made from that. It does just make me think like there's a there's only nuances that you really realize as a Canadian living in America for like the two months that we are because we're all North American and I think culturally are quite similar, but these are the types of things that I start to realize is like Mm -hmm. really they don't, people in America have a hard time talking about paying tax. They have a hard time, you know, obviously when we look at the debates, it's like what Bernie Sanders or someone who would be considered like radically left to some people, like as a Canadian, it's like, wait, what you don't, like already do that and there's a lot of europeans who also go bernie sanders is just the status quo here he's not even that radical like you need health care you need medicare for all like when i look around and i see how many homeless people are in los angeles i can only imagine how much of that of people living in with homelessness has been exacerbated by the fact that like maybe they got sick or something like like i don't know i i obviously think 
there's so many amazing aspects of America and being here I'm like oh it's a it's like a beautiful like city and country and I know there's so many people living here and the, there's just a lot of issues but I am just like oh my gosh I am can't wait to go home to Canada to like where I just feel like there's a lot of issues as well but there's just a baseline level of socialism that makes me feel so comforted yeah that i mean it's a bit of nostalgia too right i know what you know i'm not talking that, about that yeah, i'm talking about specifically specifically like, just yeah. like being able to like go home and be like okay well at least like i'm proud of these things my country like does and almost takes it, it's like i've learned about canada by being here like there's things mm-hmm. i take it for advantage take advantage of. what's it you take for, take granted. for granted. That's the <laughs> word uh, that I take for granted. And I just like, I don't know. I'm surprised that this is what I'm feeling while here. Cause I was obviously excited and like yeah. America. I don't know. I, I hate bringing it up. I bring it up all the time with Americans. And they're just like, okay, you're just like, keep, well, like the reference on my point, country. yeah, it's just it's just coming from the outside. It's easier to see, and I'm sure many Europeans could come to Canada and say similar things. Oh yeah, for sure. And we only have 34 million people. There's 36 million yeah. people in California. Like it's this a huge. It's population. easy to tell someone to do something harder to actually implement, but good to see that we've been debating doing a podcast on socialism, just to talk about those ideals, what it means for not just America but the world. Uh, so if you think that'd be interesting, because obviously it's being talked about a lot right now because of Bernie Sanders. We definitely um, will do that. I know that we will, because it's truly all I think about while here. And speaking of America, I think it's time that we get into what we're talking about today, <laughs> which is the epitome. Iconic. Iconic American. Americana. Miss Disney, Americana. Yeah. Land slash world. <laughs> study time. Study time. Study time. Walter Elias Disney was born in Kansas City, Missouri in 1901. (laughs) With $500, he moved to California and made a bunch of cartoons with a character named Oswald the Rabbit. But when a company went behind his back and hired animators to continue the series without Walt, he he resorted to a new character named Mickey Mouse. Did you know that? Uh, No. Okay, so he moved here uh, with his brother, and he made sort of a series of cartoons that really popped off. And then, like, these animators, like hire this company sorry hired a bunch of animators and continued the cartoon without him and he didn't like own it essentially and so he was like fine i'll make my own mickey mouse and then it popped off oh good for disney (laughs) yeah there's a different world where oswald the lucky rabbit would have taken over oswald yeah disney world so then like he then soon after made snow white and the seven dwarfs in 1937 yeah that always shocks me because i feel like snow white seems more modern than than for example sleeping beauty Oh yeah! Wait, I was literally picturing Sleeping Beauty. No, Snow White is the dwarves. Is so old. Wow! Even that song, catchy tune. Yeah, it's like bring that back. Okay, hi ho. Yeah, I was honestly very impressed. I I I totally thought that movie was from like the seventies or something. Oh, I thought it was from the eighties for so long, and then someone said that I was like, that's not possible. (laughs) So then, after years of planning and construction, Disneyland, the one we will be talking about today, and. Anaheim, California, opened on July 17th, 1955. So it's really old. Like that castle that we saw, that is the original sort of entrance. Built in 1955. So it was like quite old. He obviously was quite young when this came out. You know, it was a big deal. He obviously is like into capitalism. Uh, but but he, everyone was in those days. Everyone Most, still is, babe. I know, but then it was no one knew it was bad. Yeah, okay. Well, maybe they did, but no one knew it was Some like, people now are like, wait, it's bad. Great. <laughs> You know, economic strife and class wars and all these things, yeah. like taking advantage of people. Yeah, really, they had lots of issues going on around that time. But <laughs> that's true. Um, so the one in Orlando, though, he actually never got to see open. So the one in Orlando opened in 1971. 
Whereas okay. the one in California in 1955. Oh, wow. Quite yeah. a big jump. I know. And so he died in 1966, though, from lung cancer. So he never got to see the one in Orlando open. Uh, but the one in Orlando is the leading employer in Central Florida and is the, as of 2007, was the biggest single site employer in the United States with over 58,000 oh. cast members, which is like what my study is about. Okay. Um, but like that's cast member, meaning anyone who works, do yes. they call everyone a cast yes. member? Uh, okay. Which is what my study is about is like about that. Okay. So, well, let's get into that. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It. I just wanted to just like hash out a bit of history. Is there any, uh, what? I feel like you're more of a Disney gay than I am. <laughs> oh, and if I, people need to know that Disney gay is a thing. I found out recently. I didn't know that was a thing, but you're saying there are just like some gay people who are obsessed yes, with, with Disney. Disney. on a level that we wouldn't understand like the kind of like at pride like they'll wear mickey mouse ears or like no way um, yeah no i think it's like kind of like furries like they're like really into it i mean i love disney and i love disney songs and musicals and all those kind of things but i don't identify as a disney game yeah no i know that's true but when i'm at disneyland like you know what's up and there are people who have like memberships and are like yeah and who are really But yeah, I know like all the characters on all the rides. Yeah. Does that make me a Disney game? And no, I probably yeah, sing yeah. most of the songs. I was like weirdly like only like select Disney movies was I even exposed to. I saw Aladdin for the first time like three years ago. Like yeah. I just am not <laughs> exposed to And I to only it. found that out. Greg was hiding that from me. He hadn't seen Aladdin. I still haven't seen a lot of Disney movies. Like, the what? like when we were on I haven't seen Indiana Jones. Was that okay, a Disney movie that. or that was just a ride? I don't know if that was a Disney movie, but it was at Disney. But that is also crazy. You just found that out the other day. Like, I constantly am learning about you. Yeah. That, I haven't 13 seen years news. later. Yeah, I know. It took you 13 years to admit to me you haven't seen Indiana Jones. I didn't know that was what I needed to admit, but the ride incredible. But, like, yeah, no, I just haven't seen now, it. Now I can understand why people on Love is Blind, they just didn't have enough time to reveal everything. Yeah, yeah. Some of the controversy comes and they're like, you didn't even reveal that to me in the 10 days I had to fall in love with you. <laughs> Okay, so my study is about emotional regulation at Walt Disney World. Deep acting versus surface acting. So the, this specific one was at Walt Disney World, but then they, the later they do one from Disneyland, and so that's the one I'm also going to be looking at, too, because uh, okay. it relates more to the one that we were at. Cool. But essentially, when you are employed at Disneyland, you are considered a cast member. And th- when you're out and you're a out with the patrons and you're uh you know interacting with people that means you're like on stage (laughs) and when you're not you're backstage and one thing that they really do a good job of which i noticed from this study that i went at the park was like this is true you aren't really ever supposed to see backstage you should Mm -hmm. never see it's like you shouldn't even really see someone coming in and out from like backstage like they obviously have like right. weird the like entrances are around corners yes. and stuff yeah. and you aren't and when you're on stage you are on you are emotionally right. regulated and you are not complaining and you are smiling and it's like very fascinating how they have actually like created I mean, that's this kind of interesting from like not just from a business perspective but from even being an employee to be like okay it's my job and i turn on when i'm on stage if i'm an actor i do the same thing not to say there aren't a way different challenges when you're an employee at disney compared to being an actor on stage but to me i'm like oh that's kind of fun it would help you to be like okay now i'm doing my job so other jobs that do have things like this uh uh way that you cope is something called surface surface acting and so did you sorry did you like give context of what the study is about so the study is about 
them interviewing people who have worked at Disney and what sort of emotional regulation tactics they had to go through because of because this sort of, of this sort of offstage. onstage offstage dichotomy and then how that might impact them like literally emotionally. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. these are ex Disney people who did okay, these. Okay, so where does this go? Keep going. I'm curious. But other jobs like to make you understand that are similar to working at Disneyland would be like a flight attendant or you know working in the service Customer industry. Customer service. Yeah. yeah. And one way that they can tell that you're likely uh, sort of having to do emotional regulation for your job is when you hear like telephone voice like when you hear someone be like oh hello you know when someone's right. talking and you're kind of like oh. it's not a natural voice it's almost like it's put on yes it's like it, they called it television voice and i was like i can relate and i can understand well, yeah like, we have to do that sometimes when we make videos and yeah stuff. Well, right now are you kidding me if this was off it or like, and, going to and when yeah and when we meet people and stuff like that yes you turn on because you yeah. want to be fun you want to be excited and then they go away and then you're like oh my god i'm so tired <laughs> but disneyland really wants does not want surface acting. They want deep acting from their performers. Again, performers and cast members are everyone at Disneyland. That's anyone from the janitor to running to the ride to anyone you interact with. And so this does create a lot of emotional exhaustion, not to like get like, you know, explain the ending of the study at the very beginning. Um, But that is something that they sort of like predicted and the hypothesis was, and it really did end up being like that. And uh, so what they kind of found is that they work on something called the one to 70 rule. That is, it only takes one negative guest experience to counteract 70 positive experiences. They calculated this. This is like what they tell everyone who works there. They say, you know, one bad experience counteracts 70 positive to like, increase the stakes. Like you learn this as someone who works at Disney. I'm like giving away the like dirty, dirty (laughs) goss. And so, they're literally given handbooks about how to regulate their emotions in order to like ensure that guests like never ever feel like they're, you know, experiencing something negative. They have to always perform and clean their environments. If they're not selling something or no one's buying something, they should ask them how their rides were. Like everything is like planned and made mm-hmm. so that you aren't ever really like seeing someone just sit there and kind of like zone out. Right. And so, yeah, what'd you say? I said a ride. Oh, okay. <laughs> And it's all the way down to, like, honest smiles, proper posture. They practice facial expe- expressions. As uh, part of their training? As part of their training. They t- they start to – they make sure that you always say thank you with a smile after every single interaction you have with someone, regardless of what's happening. And yeah, one, one lady said to me, have a ter- terrific day. And I oh was like, like, what? <laughs> yeah, one of them was – like, one of the people who they talked to was Tigger. And she <laughs> said that she – so the one thing I found interesting was that, okay, so in the end of the study, they find out that this emotional regulation can lead to like a lot of exhaustion in their employees. And sometimes, you know, they work from 11 a.m. One of these people right. said they work from 11 a.m. to 5 a.m. Uh. because of like when the park closes and having to clean, like it's an what? exhausting job. Yes, that was obviously like an it stays uh, extreme example. No, they My had God. to stay. It doesn't stay okay. open. Stays no, open. I know. I'm just saying they had to work. Yes, exactly. Then. But that was an extreme example, but an example of how hard it can be to work at Disney. But a lot of these people love Disney so much that they've the moved, yes, moved from New Jersey, from different parts of the country to California or to Florida to give that magical experience that they had as kids, that, um. that they do a very good job of employing people who sort of seem like that's the way they are to ensure the deep acting that they want from their employees and the surface acting they monitor like with other employees always watching each other and you're always kind of like on edge to not being sounding oh my god i know i know and so i was surprised though because i thought it was really going to be the result of this study like 
obviously this is exhaustion and everyone's so upset, but they found that most people were actually really happy and had had like Like positive experiences. It wasn't so much positive. Selfless. We're able to deeply act happy because they genuinely were excited to work there because they dreamt the culture that's been built around Disney. They have like their Disney gaze. I'm kind of into that. I mean, not, not the point of like, making people maybe like stress at their job or anything like that. But I can understand how beautiful of a feeling that is to give somebody something that you enjoyed and want to create that same experience for them and that giving you sustenance. And, and they do talk a lot about how they get a lot of backstage time. That's where they get to vent. That's where they could swear. That's where they can go on their mm. phone. That's where they can like not be on. Yeah. You wanted to get a picture with Eeyore and they're like, he's off shift. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I was like, that's very Eeyore thing for him to say. He's like, sorry, buddy. They were like walking right. him to the door and they were like, he's coming back later. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, now. they obviously like understand that they need to be off and they're allowed to, when they're backstage, they're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Allowed to do things that they can't do when they're on stage. Of course. Okay. But, but a lot of people obviously... Because that, I mean, is actually true of most jobs. It's just maybe Disney holds them to a higher standard. Yes. Because if you're working at a clothing store, they still are going to be like, you can't be rude to the customers. You have to be happy. You have to be positive. But you can see while you're at Disneyland that they have gone to it's great another level. It yeah. is another level. Like you don't like you do get talked to. And I must say, I did hear surface acting while there. Like, mm-hmm. the, the, like people are saying the lines and it's like, it's okay with me. And one specific example I want to talk about is the Star Wars ride. Why? <laughs> Do you remember? Which Star Wars ride? The, the Star Wars ride. Oh, the one that we didn't get on. Yeah. So, <laughs> wait. Do you want to give context of this ride? Because I feel like you knew more about sure. it. Sure. So, this is the new ride called Rise of the Resistance. It's brand new. It came out like two weeks ago. And only a certain amount of people can get on it. So, you have to go to the park so early. We got up at 5 a.m. Yeah, because we were coming from L.A., Go there and at 8 a.m. So you get in the park and immediately at 8 a.m. You have two minutes to log into this app and try and get a spot on the ride. So, so you have thousands be, of people don't get it. Oh, you most. have to be in the park though. Like we were so yeah. close to not being in the park. It yeah, literally knows because you people have to get line scanned. up now way outside of the park because they need to get in in time, get scanned. And then you're once you're even in, you're racing everyone who has a cell phone trying to refresh and get it like tickets on Ticketmaster. So everyone's standing around opening their phones everyone's on their phones and it's like eight o'clock on the dot and everyone starts tapping their phones. Like you couldn't hear it. It's like, yeah. 
and everyone like a hush takes over the crowd yeah. and then all of a sudden someone starts screaming in like pure joy which yeah. is really frustrating when you haven't gone <laughs> you're through panicking. and you're like, yeah, yeah. I got the I got and you're like no we haven't got it yet it's loading and so we got in like boarding group 137 we're like what does that mean and they're like mm, it usually goes from boarding group 1 to 80 is guaranteed. It's like guaranteed the so ride, people yeah. are losing their minds around us. People have been trying to like for seven days to get onto this ride by being there at 8 a.m. By 8.02, everyone knows whether they're on or not on this ride. Or at least in a boarding group that would probably go versus one that probably will not be reached. Yes. Because so another thing is this ride, because it's so new, it breaks down a lot. So some days it people won't get on to as high a number of a boarding group. Which is exactly what the story is about, which is about around 2 in the afternoon, the boarding groups, which we're checking all day. We keep refreshing on our rides. Like, is it, is it going to get to 137? Is it going to get to 137? Spoiler alert, it gets nowhere near 137. <laughs> and every day since I've been checking my phone to be like, well, does it ever get that high? Why did I think it might? Did it? No, and I'm going to check it right now. <laughs> <laughs> so it stopped. The numbers stopped going up, and we realize, and you start hearing, you know, like, like, there's gossip going around the different lineups, and they say <laughs> that the rise of the resist. What is it? The rise of the. No, the rise. <gasps> What? It's at one thirty six right now. No on way. On today, and they still <gasps> have over an hour left. If we went today, we would have got Oh, in. my God. So our friend, who's totally a Disney oh gay, who was no. here, do not tell her that that happened. Okay, I'm sorry. Oh, shoot. Every day, it's only made it up to, like, 80. So we were like, we were never close. What day is today? Tuesday. Oh, <gasps> should have gone on Tuesday. Wow. Okay, so if you are in group 137 ever, don't give up hope. <laughs> Isn't that the name of a <laughs> That's Star what they Wars movie? A new this. hope. A new hope. A new hope. Okay, so this ride is now not working at 2 p.m. It's the dead heat of the day. And we're like, let's just go check out Star Wars Land. Beautiful, interesting, fascinating. Mm-hmm. Disney is insane. We go. Everyone is like, Sitting outside, not devastated. we went to Disney, the Star Wars land, which is really cool, and then the one section near the ride, yes, we went to, and and everyone is like in the heat, like truly look like they're crying because <laughs> the the ride does not work, and they have, tr- they were the ones been screaming for with joy hours. all morning. They've been waiting for hours, and because they, they would have been like group. 45 and been called and then the ride broke down and, and told that they were guaranteed yeah. kind of to get on and they would go up to the employees who are dressed as and this is where I need your help because I do not know Star Wars who are dressed as good guy Star Wars yeah, right? yeah they were like the rebels and they're going the resistance like, I have come all the way from across the world I am from Europe to go on this ride and you're telling me it's broken and they're literally like having to do this <laughs> acting where they're like you might want to talk to Kylo Ren <laughs> and they're like no I don't want to talk to Kylo Ren like and they're literally like it's the oh, what's the name of the bad guy like force one or what are they called the what is the name of their like crew i forget right now I, no I what is it they, like, that's what they the kept new saying. order the new like, order they kept being like well maybe you need to take it up with the new order and is everyone's like order? no honestly like i know you work at disney but i really need to know actual information and they wouldn't drop the like <laughs> or it was they the, had to keep that facade of their was, character yes, stage it was the character on they couldn't, of they couldn't drop it and be like i'm really sorry this happened like they couldn't just like turn into a or person. they would be like i'm really sorry that kylo ren's upset right now <laughs> <laughs> like it was like crazy <laughs> and that's when i was like that okay they've crazy. obviously read the manual they've obviously gone through this emotional training to try and like make sure everyone's happy but when a ride breaks and people are truly pissed and oh, come first from order by the way first like order oh my god yeah it's so many myself. yeah i was like i thought you were a star I, wars no guy. because i didn't really watch the new ones because i didn't like them that much okay they kept saying literally i would go up to them and just hear them telling people who were crying like that the first order has broken the ride and that they need to like <laughs> take it up with kylo ren anyways that was a great example of the way they've been trained to try and like keep this facade going even in the worst of times 
And although I really did think it was going to create a lot more emotional distress, this study found that, yes, some people were emotionally distressed from having to sort of play this game, Mm -hmm. even though they were having a bad day. But for the most part, people did enjoy bringing people the magic of Disney. Okay. Well, that was really interesting. I think we'll take a little break. And when we come back, I'm going to talk about why there are no mosquitoes at Disney. Oh, my God. My research is not based on a study, but it is based on the fact that Disney World, not Disneyland, is in Florida and basically doesn't have mosquitoes, even though it's in the middle of a swamp. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Disney's crazy. Because they basically control. They don't want their customers to have to deal with not only mosquito bites, but also disease being transmitted. So they have found a way, and I had heard this online, that they control for their mosquito population in a really intense way. So I thought, I need to research this. Can they bring this to the world? Like, what? That's what I've been thinking. But I'll, I'll tell you about it. But first, I wanted to throw a fact at you. Because we were just at Disneyland, and... For your information, not that we work in square miles, but it is 0.75 square miles big. Okay. Okay. I can okay. see that. It's big. So like, does that include a mile adventure? Because there's a It does, yeah. yeah. That okay. includes both parks and a couple of the resorts that are on the outskirts of it that people okay. stay at. And now knowing that, like, so let's round up to one square mile. Have you ever been to Disney World, Greg? No, but you're looking at me so intensely. I'm like, no, 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 no I, have, I have, I have. Oh my God, I'm panicking. I went as a kid, okay. so, but I don't really have that much context. But so I, I've only been to Disneyland now as an adult. So, but I kind of remember Disney World. And I know like the castle is a lot bigger. I'm just like, how big do you think Disney World is? Oh my God. <laughs> okay. I assume it's bigger because everything's bigger in Florida. <laughs> um, I'm going to say two square miles. <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, guess again. No, just tell me, please. It is 43 square miles. What? Isn't that insane? Because it's four parks. So there's Epcot. I forget the other ones right now. It is twice the size of Manhattan, which is the size of San Francisco Disney World. Isn't that insane? But also it includes their resorts. And I think there's a lot more resorts Disney World. But this is four parks. Isn't that gonna blow your mind? Fifty-eight. Th- <laughs> you're really. You're like. It's blowing your mind. Right? <laughs> Isn't that gonna <laughs> blow your mind? Fifty-eight thousand. It said fifty-eight thousand people are employed there. Like that makes more sense. Yeah, because it's, it's only growing, city. right? <laughs> yeah, and that was in two thousand seven. So it's way more now. Isn't Whoa. that wild? Anyway, I just want to start there because wait, so then we're at, you, we went to the Dinky Dinky. Literally, I was like, we spent. It took us a whole day to go through just Disneyland. We didn't even go to California, and I was Adventure. exhausted. Yeah, I online it was like you cannot do Disney World within. You need like three to five days to even do it justice. Oh my gosh! Okay, that makes me. That's why bark. people stay at a resort for like a week. Oh my <laughs> god, that's crazy! Uh, and this is relevant because that's how much land they control over, right? So they have mosquitoes they're in a swamp basically and they need to figure out how to manage mosquitoes over the size of san francisco okay i'm like i need to know what they do what do they do okay so it nothing is so it's not that they have any available technology that no one else does but obviously it really emphasizes that it's in their interest because of diseases so there's obviously i think it's mostly people trying to make the happiest place on earth well they don't they don't want want somebody getting they don't want somebody getting like a west nile virus at disney of course but there's not that much west nile in florida there is i think there is i think like there's obviously not like um malaria and certain diseases that are really known to be carried by 
mosquitoes, but that is what was brought up. But you're right. It's probably also just customer satisfaction. There's there's one area they say they kind of, because it's an outdoor area, Disney World, where people are encouraged to like be around horses and stuff so they can't like spray things in that area as much, that um, there are more mosquitoes. So they spray. I'm like literally okay. trying to figure this I'm out. I'm going to tell you. Okay. So basically, they have three main things they do, but a couple extras that are even cooler. Number one, they use insecticides. Okay, not that surprising, but... Happiest place on earth. So they are constantly spraying insecticides, but I'll get to... I'll touch on that more later because they don't spray it over the whole park. Number two, they use something called growth regulator, which reduces the lifespan of mosquitoes. And then number three, they use natural predators. So they have certain animals and things like that that what? live at Disney that are There's natural like predators. spiders everywhere? I don't really know exactly what they use, um, but this is... The craziest thing. So the the most intense part is that they have a really amazing surveillance program to understand where the mosquitoes are, where they're concentrated. Because over the size of two Manhattans, they can't just like spray everything and they want to be efficient and it costs a lot of money. So they basically have 60 traps across the park that uh, release CO2, which is why mosquitoes are attracted to humans or one of the reasons. One of the reasons, yeah. So mosquitoes get caught in it. They take that, they freeze them, and then they study them to figure out what... Oh, my God. They figure out, like, what species they are, the concentration, how old they are, all these kind of variables, and figure out which parts of the park have higher numbers or lower numbers. Um, And then they can figure out where the parks need attention. So based off of those stats, they go around, figure out how much they need to spray. But then there's this other crazy part. They have chickens that are called sentinel chickens that they allow in certain areas of the parks. And because chickens, for example, can catch West Nile but do not get sick from it, it allows them, they check the chicken's blood regularly in different areas. And because chickens can't fly, they could check other birds, but chickens can't leave their coops. So they know if West Nile's in this chicken's blood, it's in this area, and we need to have a more serious intervention in this area. Oh my <laughs> God. I wish this type mind? of energy could go into, I don't know, like figuring out <laughs> like, these issues for the world. Seriously. Oh that, my God. That's, that seems like a dream. Like you saying that information to me, I'm like, that's insane. I know. So they spray twice a day, morning, and sunrise and sunset. That is, is something they do not want their cast members to be seen doing is spraying. Well, I think it might happen. It's sunrise. So when no one's there and then they probably alternate different areas when at sunset because that's going to be people are in the park. Um, yeah. I just that's thought that was so interesting. That it's that's such a part of their business model to be sure that people are having a great experience. And so they have to control for mosquitoes. That's the weirdest part about Disneyland. Like I found it like obviously very fun. That's the whole design <laughs> of it. This is exactly where I knew your brain would go the second we arrived. I was like, okay, Greg's eyes. Greg's I'm eyes. always looking for the faults and things. I like to be critical. <laughs> but I was like, for example, like definitely a lot of screaming children at about 3 to 4 p.m. I'm like, it doesn't uh, yeah. matter how amazing this place is. These kids are tired. Exhausted, yeah. They're exhausted. The parents, the amount of parents who went, Candace, if you don't zip it, like it was like everyone <laughs> was so upset by 4 p.m. that I was like, okay, this is like this not is fun a lost for anyone. <laughs> yeah, like there's like it doesn't matter how many like tiggers are going around or like what is happening. Like these kids are exhausted, these parents are exhausted. This is not the happiest place mm-hmm. on earth. Like at a certain point, your brain and your hormones kick in and you're exhausted. But like it really was a weird feeling because I I started to feel really sick. Like the rides were amazing and i was really wanting to go on them but like i did feel sick i was so exhausted but i couldn't get like 
fully as upset or tired as I would be at home because there was something around the corner that like yeah. gave me adrenaline. There's like, a lot. Yeah. You're constantly being stimulated. I, I think I can relate to that. There's the two sides of me. That's like, you know, that not, I'm not trying to be like, Oh, capitalism. Blah, blah. There's this idea that Disney tells us that you should be wanting all these things. And like going to Disney is how you show your kid. You love them. And there's all these ideals that are kind of messed up in some ways that it's the idea that you must spend money and must invest in this idea to be happy and to be a good parent so that side obviously you see it and you're like there are people here who maybe don't want to be here i don't know but then there's the other side where you're like but it actually can be really enjoyable it is magical to see some of these things kids watch movies with their favorite characters and get to see like toy story walking down the street get to go on the rides and experience literal what feels like literal magic as a kid and so there's something and like you said the employees are creating this magical environment because they want to share that experience that they probably had when they were younger so there is that side that i yeah, it's just a dichotomy for me where I'm stuck between those two feelings. In the moment, I'm like, I actually think this is so cute and so fun. Okay, I, I, my, <laughs> mine's different. <laughs> so I don't think that it's cute or like even like I have less of a nostalgic sort of like feeling towards it. Again, I was didn't watch very many Disney movies and I personally think like I hope to raise a kid where like it doesn't rely on like movies and Disney to like be told that that's what joy is. But, but that's not the only thing Disney does. I'll let you keep going. I'm no, no, finish. No, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying this as like I'm saying this as like an annoying person who has these like annoying opinions. Like I'm not saying this is the opinion everyone should have. This okay. is my opinion. Okay. But one thing that I did notice was that I am a critical person and I can't help but my brain think things. And I was so surprised <laughs> how well they were at being literally creating like visual gags. Like honestly, huge like visual mountains that are like kind of placed in ways that when you look one way, it literally looks like there's huge, beautiful mountains in front of you. And your your whole like physiology is kind of just So why is that? Do you think that's a bad thing or? No, I'm saying what, like as opposed to like looking around at all these kids, like when I looked at the kids and looked at the parents, I thought, why the hell would you ever do this? (laughs) Like I literally was like, this is not for you. Like the like thousands upon thousands of people crammed in. Oh my God. And I'm like, I know however much my kid liked cars, I know he's going to be exhausted or she's going to be exhausted that this isn't or they're going to be exhausted. This is not worth it like at every single Maybe. turn i thought i will never bring my kids here but personally know. no no i'm trying to say that like the, it honestly was designed in a way for me as like an adult to that i was so surprised how i every time i thought i was getting tired i got on a ride again we did a fast fast capitalism again working no. at its finest oh yeah but you have to still like log into it you don't just get to go on every fast fast you have to like be smart about it i'm saying we paid extra and we got to skip lines it was okay like seven dollars extra okay that is not that is an exaggeration <laughs> i think it was actually. you are literally lying but anyways um <laughs> i'm not lying the the i think standing in line if is is a is probably a really big reason why people get really tired but because we weren't standing in that many lines and we were being like strategic and you're right we had people who had planned it to a t <laughs> i found that i was just like every time i was tired or feeling upset i got on a ride and all of a sudden like they, adrenaline what adrenaline would pump through my veins i would feel high like euphoria like literal ecstasy then i would start to crash and then next thing you know we're on this like poo bear ride that's like visual and like trippy and i'm like mm-hmm. oh my god this is kind of like stimulating my brain and it was like, like the original internet y- yeah <laughs> and i was just like i honestly the original thought TikTok. <laughs> i did not think it was going to be as visually and like technologically amazing as it was the indiana jones ride there's a moment where you're in the middle of it like on a track 
on these like weird, I guess they're like in a truck sort of. And it's so big and it's like built literally into the ground that you're flying one way and you can see like three other trucks, honestly, like 50 meters away in a different part of the ride, like zooming and there's Mm -hmm. like fireballs. And I was like, this is absolutely amazing. Like I literally crazy to see. Yeah. Like this is crazy. And I can't um, believe that humans like made this. And I just, I felt like, ecstasy even though prior to like this day and even being in that line i was like i this place is so gross like it literally smells weird i guess People i just don't crying. know why you, so i'm weird. curious why you think it's gross because because what I'm, what I'm in I my think mind. Of germs. I think of like people. Oh, you mean like, literally gross? Yeah, like when I was standing in line in the ground, like in this sort of like mildewy like feeling in the air. I was like, why have I paid so much money? I never felt that really. There was only the one ride we went on a submarine, and it was actually disgusting. It was okay. Nemo, and I oh would never God. go on the that. The Nemo again. ride is <laughs> truly awful. Do <laughs> not go on that go. ride. But what I was gonna say is, I I get that it's like enforcing these ideals that it can make you happy, but. I think it can. It's like going to a concert. I think like you pay for something and you get an experience. You pay to go to movies, you get an experience. And I think that's part of what it is. I agree that it probably is overwhelming and exhausting and you probably end up spending so much money because the food there is so expensive. The food's so expensive. There's so many people. But you are participating in something because it is meant to be fun. And when you see those rides, sometimes you are like, this is unbelievable that this exists and i not that long ago for the first time i ever went to harry potter world and felt the same thing because those rides were new and i was like i can't even imagine that this was going to be this ride it is so I know. advanced i was and technological actually, yeah i was i was one over the the that's all i mean it's sled ride i was sitting at the front <laughs> and it literally does these like turns over a mountain where i truly thought i was going to fly off i have never screamed and the yeti that pops out you're like that's real yeah, that's real <laughs> and then the gag on the indiana jones where it looks like the boulders can hit you i was screaming out of pure terror like i knew i was on a ride i'm 30 years old like, like i screaming. know what's going on we were screaming, screaming like laughing so hard because i thought i was literally gonna fly off of like a cliff also thought how in the hell do kids handle this because i was horrified i agree like even when we did the little like tiki bird thing that was like literally for children i was like well actually like three kids (laughs) ran out of that crying because it was like electronic birds like singing to you and they were like horrified honestly it was very scary it It was a lot of the rides are very scary but there are there are limits you have to be certain heights and there's a lot but if you're a fast growing child (laughs) but there's a lot of kids crying who have given up and they have to get taken out it's really funny but we didn't even go to the kids area there's a whole other park that is like the, the top of the park we didn't go to because it's for children. Like, there's different rides that are for really young kids. And there's so many hilarious Disney nerds who, like, point at things during the rides, like little, like, Easter eggs that, like, we're like, wait, what about that? <laughs> and, like, everyone's posing for the photo. Like, we have genuine screams, but everyone's kind of, like, doing, like, a little hand under their chin, like, winking. I'm like, how many times do you have know you that that's coming up there? <laughs> okay, so to wrap it up, what's your verdict, your overall experience with Disneyland? How did you feel? It definitely exceeded my expectations. Is that their line? Is that their literal <laughs> That's thing? their slogan. I'm like, oh my God. It <laughs> exceeded Exceeding my, your expectations. Yeah. And that I like know I'm a critical person. I know that it's like so like about shopping and spending money and those things. Like it just like I and I'm not even a huge fan of Disney. So I definitely exceeded my expectations, but I did feel really sick. I did feel Oh, you mean like you were sick just because like, you were like sick. Okay. Just from like the rides and just from like the oh. amount of people and like the exhaustion really set in. I was so impressed with how every time I felt I need to get the hell out of here, something happened that made me thrilled. You up. Uh, so, I, yeah, I am, like, weirdly uh, fascinated and amazed. Are by you a converted Disney gay? 
No, definitely not. <laughs> only because I don't even like. I felt so bad. I go on rides and be like, don't even know this is a movie. Like I haven't even like. I don't. Yeah, have enough, the fact like, that you didn't know Indiana Jones, you basically have not seen most of Star Wars. Like, yeah, I just was like lacking the base, but the pure thrill that was designed yeah. for me as a human, I was very impressed with. Okay, you. Honestly, to me, I my brain shuts out the bad stuff, and I just like it. I I know there's probably problems that go much deeper than this podcast even touching on. Like I'm sure I I'm I'm glad you touched on the employees and things. I don't know what other exploitations like Disneyland. I actually am like when doing this, I was like, we need to do one that's Disney, not Disneyland. True. And talk about it as a but corporation. As as a day, as a thing that we did, I had a lot of fun. I was happy like the whole time. I was absolutely exhausted at night and I was like, my feet feel like they're bleeding. I haven't slept like that like that solid after <laughs> that. It was like I done a marathon. And I, I have a really strong affinity for feeling like childhood nostalgia. I guess like obviously everyone does and you do as well. But because that's part of my childhood, even for me, like Christmas brings up to me. Like I love being around the things that remind me of like believing in magic and believing that the world is this like amazing place and when you're little those rides actually seem fully real to you you don't see them as fake in any way so i just it brings me back to that and i had a lot of fun and i am glad we went and i don't know i don't know that i like my brain doesn't want to criticize it yeah okay interesting we're gonna do another one about disney though now i'm like (laughs) wait did i not criticize it enough because i'm like the political ideologies of it's a small world i'm like okay this is a little bit much (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah no no that's what i'm saying i i know we can have that okay (laughs) all right well thank you all for listening uh if you want to talk about disneyland with us or disney world (laughs) hashtag side note podcast and we are doing this on new mics we're doing this in our new. oh yeah we're on the road so we have like a little mobile setup right now so this is the on the road setup might Um, sound a little more Busted the normal, and we're gonna talk to you next week, maybe about Love Is Blind. Okay. Oh yeah, it's like should we? Because we were like, what we're is the halfway science through, of this? and we might finish it tonight. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Peace. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.